0: Welcome to Grandiose Grammar. I'm Eva, a grammar enthusiast and a lecturer at Philips University Marburg. This week, we're going to take a look at modals. I'm mainly going to focus on verb phrase patterns with modals rather than meaning a modality, but I promise to return to this topic in the near future. I'm sure you're aware that the construction of verb phrases that include a modal auxiliary follow the pattern modal auxiliary plus bare infinitive. But you should remember that it's possible to have a modal auxiliary followed by a perfect or passive auxiliary like have or be. However, in English, the perfect progressive tends to be anti-passive, so a modal and a perfect progressive passive will sound strange. Here's an example. The cat might have been being chased by the dog all morning. While this is grammatical, it's very unlikely. A native speaker of English is much more likely to say the dog might have been being chased by the cat all morning. This is active and it also suddenly sounds far less weird. If you're interested in finding out more about this, you should check out chapter three of Jeffrey Leach's Meaning and the English Verb. Now, when modals and semi-modals co-occur, the central modal precedes the semi-modal. For example, I might need to book a holiday after the exams. Modals are also invariant. This means that they're never inflected for person or tense. This is very important. So I can say I must, but I can't say he, she, it, musts. As I've already mentioned, modals aren't inflected for tense. That means there's no past form tense like I musted. As a broad generalisation, modals with primary and secondary forms have a form which occurs more frequently with present and future time and another that occurs more frequently with past time. The duos may and might... Can and could and will and would largely follow this pattern. However, shall and should do not. Shall is used to show intention, whereas should often expresses obligation. Must is generally used to express present and future meaning, but had to is used to express the idea of must with pastime meaning. Although modals are invariant, they do follow regular patterns for perfect forms. So it's a modal plus a perfect infinitive, I will have done my homework, or I must have attempted it. In progressive constructions, they take the auxiliary be, and the main verb needs an ing ending. So the progressive is I will be doing, or I must be attempting. Perfect progressive follows the pattern of a modal plus a perfect auxiliary, have, and the past participle of be, plus an ing form of the main verb. For example, I will have been doing, or I have been attempting, And the passive construction with the modal is modal plus be plus the main verb in the past participle, so will be done or must be attempted. A problem that co-occurs with modality is the erroneous use of the auxiliary do with negation. Here's an example so you know what I'm talking about. I don't can read Arabic. Essentially what's happened here is that the user has applied the rules for regular negation to a modal and created an error. Normally, if I want to negate a clause, I need to precede the main verb with an auxiliary and add the negator not. However, this does not extend to modal verb phrases without some modification to the modal. Here's why. The erroneous construction, I don't read Arabic, conveys to the listener that I'm unable to read Arabic. Ability is tied up in the meaning of the verb can. If I remove the modal, I wind up with the construction, I don't read Arabic. This no longer indicates whether I have the ability or not. It's simply a statement about something I do not do. To maintain the unit of meaning relating to ability, this statement requires the verb can. To create a proper negation of ability, we ignore all of the things that we previously learned about negation requiring a primary auxiliary, because the auxiliary slot is filled by a modal. Thus, to negate the construction, I would say I cannot read Arabic, meaning I do not possess the ability. This problem with negation is common with modal verbs, so watch out for it. Negating a modal verb usually involves inserting the negator between the modal auxiliary and the main verb. For example, you may not bring glitter into my home, or I will never love sand. Primary auxiliaries do not ever precede modals in questions either. So in regular question construction forms, I would begin my question with an auxiliary verb, then introduce the subject and then the main verb. For example, do you hate sand? Or are you Irish? However, if a modal verb is used in the formation of a question, the modal takes the initial position which is usually filled with primary auxiliary. For example, will you ever love sand? Another problem that can arise with modality is the accidental omission of a main verb. As you know, in English, modal constructions require the modal auxiliary plus a main verb. The main verb is always in the form of a bare infinitive. For example, may read or might do. Now remember never to insert a preposition between a modal auxiliary and its main verb. So I can say I may read that book, but never I might to read. This occasionally trips up native speakers of German. And the other problem here is that it's perfectly possible in German modal constructions to leave out what we consider to be the main verb of the English construction. Let me give you an example. Ich kann Englisch. To anyone who speaks German, this conveys the notion that the speaker has the ability to speak English. A native German speaker might translate this as "I can English," which is nonsense, because a modal verb is never a standalone verb option in English. Instead, this construction requires a main verb like speak. I can speak English, meaning I have the ability to do that. Another example is Ich muss aufs Klo. When translated directly into English, this produces a classic classroom clangor. I must to the toilet. First of all, this construction is ridiculously Germanic and it makes me grin. It's missing its main verb, go. I must go to the toilet would be more grammatical, but still quite Germanic. A native English speaker would tone this down a little and instead use a semi-modal like I need to use the toilet or I need to go to the loo. And if it were very urgent, they'd use an adverbial to emphasise how badly they needed to use the facilities. For example, I really need to, or I desperately need to. For the vast majority of humans, our biological functions are both necessary and obligatory. We don't have an option on never using the loo. However, it might be interesting for you to note that native speakers would only reluctantly use a strong modal of obligation or necessity to indicate this need we're far more likely than Germans to weaken must if we're trying to be polite or formal. Perhaps this is a linguistic reflection of the prudish nature of the Anglophone world. Go ahead and weigh in on this in the comments section of Blog Entry 18. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, feel free to contact me via the contact form on grandiosegrammar.com or over on Twitter. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.